Chicagoans take great pride in the things that make our city unique. The architecture, the music, the theater scene, and of course, our food. Deep dish pizza. The Italian beef sandwich. Euros, Malort. The original rainbow cone. The pizza puff. The Polish sausage. I'm Curious City intern Sophia Lowe, and this week on the podcast, we're answering a couple of your food-related questions. Now, the first one is about split pea soup, but it's not about the soup itself. It's about why local restaurants seem to roll out a particular soup on a particular day of the week. That's what they come for on Wednesdays. We've put Ace reporter Linda Lutton on the case. She gets to the bottom of this important mystery. Then we revisit the history of a true treasure of our cuisine scene, the Chicago-style hot dog. It's a symphony of textures and flavors unmatched anywhere. If you put ketchup on it, it will kill everything. It's all coming up after the break. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Meet Chicagoan Miles Downey. He is a big fan of split pea soup. Thick, non-vegetarian. I do like a little ham in it. And the croutons, you know, the greasier, thicker the better. A native of London, Miles discovered the soup when he worked on the west side. He used to get lunch at a little place called Ferndell's on North and Pulaski. And every Wednesday was split pea soup day. Miles didn't think anything of that, just enjoyed his soup. That is, until his company moved to the suburbs. The restaurants he found out there... Strangely, they too had split pea soup specials on Wednesdays. So that's my question. Why split pea soup on Wednesdays at a lot of establishments? I am on this. In fact, I stop at Ken's Diner in Skokie right after talking to Miles. We're not into, you know having a soup on a specific day. This is Ken, and check this out. He serves a slew of soups, including split pea, every day the diner's open. Yeah, every day for 46 years. People come in for something when they feel like they're hungry. They shouldn't have to wait till Wednesday to get the soup they want. Okay, so split pea Wednesdays, not a thing at Ken's. But maybe Ken is an outlier. Let me check a few more places. How can I help you, ma'am? Well, my name's Linda. I'm calling from Public Radio. Stella's Diner in Lakeview was started by Angelo Mavraganis' parents, and they serve split pea soup. Generally on Thursdays. Thursdays. Wow. The whole premise of Miles' question is kind of falling apart here. But Angelo says lots of Chicago restaurants, many owned by Greek immigrants, do tend to serve menu items on a consistent day of the week. And that goes way back. It was kind of a set thing, you know. They had, like, leg of lamb on Sundays, beef stew on Mondays. Thursday was split pea. And it seemed like every restaurant you went to, we all kind of kept the same thing going, you know. Next, I head to Huck Finn's restaurant in McKinley Park, where they've been serving split pea soup on the same day of the week for the past 
40 years. Irma Cepeda works here. It's like a routine for the restaurant, for the chef. You know what, the thing is that people get used to it. That's what they come for on Wednesdays, split pea soup. So if you don't have it, and then people get mad. <laughs> you wanna try this split pea? Huck Finn's split pea is fantastic just what Miles is looking for. This is a big Mexican neighborhood, so they serve fresh jalapenos on the side, mix them in with the buttery, garlicky croutons. Chef Chris Alexander made the soup here today. He says he has no choice but to serve split pea soup on the same day every week. If we change, the people say, hey, what happened to split pea? He tried switching out cream of broccoli once, alternating it with cream of potato on Tuesdays. They come Tuesday, they see cream of broccoli, oh, what happened to the potatoes? They see potatoes, oh, what happened to broccoli? You cannot please everybody. Alexander is 75 years old. He's been working in Chicago restaurants since he was 18. I'm in the kitchen all my life. Ten restaurants. I used to have my own restaurant. Alexander says back when he started, he remembers restaurants were packed. He'd make lamb stew for hundreds. Now so many have closed. The new generation, hot dogs, hamburgers, french fries. Everything changed. People changed, weather changed. Everything changed. Well, almost everything, just not the soup. Don't change the soup. Thanks to Linda Lutton for her reporting on that story. I've never actually had split pea soup, but now I know exactly when and where to get my first bowl. But it is getting to be the perfect time of the year for one of my favorite combos, tomato soup and grilled cheese. Now here at Curious City, we've noticed certain questions show up in our mailbox a lot. They deal with Chicago buildings, city streets, racial politics, and well, hot dogs. So coming up, reporter Monica Eng breaks down the Chicago-style hot dog. That's next. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, my name is Jill Westerfellhouse. I would like to know who made the first Chicago-style hot dog. Hi, I'm Gus Lopez, and I wanted to know, when did the Chicago-style hot dog come into being? Hi, I'm Nina Deal, and I'm from Oak Park, and I wanted to know how all the different ingredients got onto a Chicago-style hot dog. Now, if you're not from here, when we say Chicago hot dog, we're not just talking about a dog in a bun. We're talking about a very specific collection of ingredients. Dog, bun, and seven toppings. These ingredients came from a diverse group of immigrants. 
It starts with a snappy all-beef wiener, nestled in a steamed poppy seed bun, then topped with a mild yellow mustard, chopped onions, sweet green relish, two slices of tomato, a dill pickle spear, two sport peppers, and a final whoosh of celery salt. To learn about the origin of this iconic local food, I meet up with hot dog historian Bruce Craig. Hey, Bruce. Hi. Thanks for joining me. Okay. Hot dogs anytime. Anytime you say hot dogs. All right. So where should we... Craig's the author of Man Bites Dog and Hot Dog, A Global History. He takes me to a hot dog stand in Oak Park. Here, we dig into the questions, but also a couple of Chicago hot dogs, of course. Mm. So who put together this odd combination and when? Well, it's a product of Chicago's ethnic history. So uh, there isn't a single person. There are persons from different ethnic groups who uh, created this wonderful thing we call the Chicago hot dog, which is unique in the world. Basically, Craig says, the style was developed between 1920 and 1950 by a bunch of different ethnic groups. Many of them lived and worked around the Maxwell Street Market near Halsted and Roosevelt. We asked Craig to break down the beloved hot dog ingredient by ingredient, starting with the sausage. Well, the sausage descends from a broad variety of sausages brought by German immigrants who came to the States in great numbers beginning in the 1850s, and many settled in Chicago over the next 50 years. So uh, they came over and um, they acquired a couple of general regional names uh, from Germany, Wieners or Wieners from Vienna, or Frankfurters, theoretically from Frankfurt, but they're not, and they're quite different from the German Frankfurters. And uh, German vendors began selling from carts on the street. They were mostly mixtures of pork and beef. But another immigrant group to Chicago, beginning in the 1890s, were Jews from Eastern Europe who did not eat pork. And um, they took up the sausage business in a company named Vienna, for example, was one of them. And they uh, began making all beef sausages. And since Chicago was the beef capital of America, they made all beef sausages. And that became the Chicago style. Where do we get this poppy seed bun from? Germans always ate sausages with bread. Now, the earliest bun evidence we have is from New York. And there was a special bun maker on Coney Island as early as the 1870s. The poppy seeds are Jewish East European, and they didn't become popular till after World War II. Where does the mustard come from? So mustard always went with sausages. Germans have been masters of mustard from the beginning. And the yellow one is from stronger ones in Germany that became mass manufactured by the end of the 19th century for a mass American audience. It was cheap. Next, the neon green relish. The relish is originally called piccalilli, and uh, it's an old English recipe. The analog here would be sauerkraut in New York hot dogs. But these are sweeter. These have sugar in them. So it's a really old-timey American country recipe. The earliest evidence I've seen for relish piccalilli on a hot dog comes from a 1928 exhibition game between the Sox and Cubs. Let's talk about those onions. Well, onions are pan-European, all East Europeans, South Europeans, Greeks and Italians all had the same. Where the heck did the slice of tomatoes come from? From the combination of Jews, Greeks, and Italians living together near Maxwell Street, vying for the control of the fruit and vegetable market. And so somebody 
thought they'd put tomatoes on the hot dog as an added value. And of course, they also look good against the bright green relish, yes. Where the heck might the pickle have come from? Dill pickle is absolutely Central European, East European, and then universally American. Every cookbook that had pickle lily in it had how to make pickles. So American farmers, all Americans, they were eating pickles. Tell me about the sport pepper. Well, they're pickled peppers, they're little pickled peppers. But these probably came up when the railroad was built to Mexico in the 1870s. Then during the Columbian Exposition, there were tamale sellers and they were selling Mexican tamales with tamale chilies. So there's a taste in Chicago for these hot peppers and it went right onto hot dogs. Does anybody know where the celery salt came from? Well, first thing to say is celery was once a major American vegetable promoted by every health food guru as good for you, particularly since they were very interested in chewing. And they thought everybody, <laughs> since Americans don't like to chew anymore. And um, Lakeview was one of the major celery growing areas in America into the 1920s. So if you're not gonna have fresh celery, you have at least this processed celery product. So they put it on. Why don't Chicagoans also put ketchup on it? There is a culinary reason, in my opinion, for this. If you consider what's on a Chicago hot dog, it is hot, sour, salty, sweet, right? All together with crunchy vegetables set in a soft bun. So it's a symphony of textures and flavors unmatched anywhere. If you put ketchup on it, it will kill everything. And finally, one more question from a curious citizen who asks, is a Chicago hot dog really the best? I can tell you, as a connoisseur, when done correctly, yes, Chicago's the best. Hot dog, I'll let you take all of my life. So there it is. Like so many Chicago-born treats, we owe the symphony of textures, temperatures, and flavors to our rich immigrant history. Thanks to Monica Ang for her reporting on the story. Personally, I love Korean corn dogs covered in bits of crispy potato. But now, I could definitely go for one of those Chicago-style dogs. Now, we don't just tackle food here at Curious City. A few weeks ago, we did an episode about the Pilsen neighborhood, where we looked at the history of Benito Juarez High School, a question about the sidewalks, and of course, the murals, especially the set of murals known as the Loteria doors, painted doors based on a game called Loteria. So join us Saturday, November 13th, for a live Curious City event inspired by that episode. You'll learn more about the door paintings and the history of mural making in Pilsen. Plus, join us for a game of Loteria and a chance to win prizes. Again, that's Saturday, November 13th, from 3 to 5 at the National Museum of Mexican Art. It's bilingual and it's free, but you need to register. Go to wbez.org events and we'll see you on the 13th. Curious City is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault and edited by Alexandra Solomon. Linda Lutton is Curious City's intrepid reporter and Maggie Civit is our digital and engagement producer. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Curious City's intern, Sophia Lowe. Thanks for listening. 
Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.